Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Well, it's Michael, I'm an alcoholic, and uh, it's good to see tonight that I've got two microphones here, I've got a microphone down there, I've got Alex that's been drafted in who's doing a music degree at a university with earphones in. Um, I guess the reason for this is because this is me 10-year birthday share, but I was actually 10 years sober last November, and they messed it up on the tape recording. Nothing, nothing come out, so they've, they've got drafted in the big guns tonight. And, uh, well, what can I say? I'm, I'm an alcoholic, and um, today has been a good Friday. Um, <laughs> today has been, been a good Friday, and um, it's been a bloody good week, really. Um, this week, I mean, it's been like pretty jam-packed with AA stuff. Um, and I was talking to my sponsor, and uh, I'd like to thank my sponsor for sponsoring me and uh, having patience with me, and proud of your kid. And uh, I was talking to him before the meeting, it, and uh, I, I've done a few talks this week, and uh, one of them was in front of all of the Plymouth magistrates. Uh, they was having a training day, and me and An- An- Andy Red Jacket uh, done talks. And um, that in itself is, is one of them milestones of my recovery. You know, I, I was the type of drunk that, is how I explained it to, the, to those magistrates, I was one of those, those people that was just constantly in court. Um, I was one of them people that was always in front of the magistrates where if their magistrates was honest with themselves, the same as like what my doctors and my counsellors, if, if they were honest with themselves, they'd probably look at me and think, there's nothing really that we can do for, for this person, you know what I mean? It's just one of them is going to be in trouble, in and out of prison for the rest of his life. And you know, They know that people like me really don't get a second chance. And that's what I was trying to put across to their magistrates. And they knew where I was coming from, you know what I mean? So they knew that what I'd found in AA, it was a powerful thing, you know, it was powerful. They come up afterwards, they're asking questions, they said, that's amazing, and you know what I mean? So, so they knew, because obviously they deal with people like myself every day, and not many people do get that second chance, and it's only through this AA for good sponsorship for this 12 support that, that I've been given that second chance. Now, uh, then the day after that, I went and we'd done a meeting in Dartmoor Prison. I spent most of my life trying to get out of prison. <laughs> and uh, now I'm getting, getting in there to, to, to do the right thing and, and to do meetings in there. That's like another one of them like little milestones in, in my recovery again, you know what I mean? Uh, somebody that was in and out of prison, now being able to go in there and um, do meetings for the prisoners. I mean, I was one of them. And then being able to walk out them gates at, after an hour and a half, you know what I mean, go home to my family, that uh, into my, ha- my house with my two little girls, all through AA. You know what I mean, simple as that, all through AA. And then the day after that, I had to go back to Dartmoor Prison for an induction. This was yesterday for an induction to get a set of keys. 
this, this is another one of their milestones in, in our recovery. We had to sit through these talks and all that, health and safety, what you're doing, hostage situation, all, all these things. And then we was taken down. I was given a belt that the wardens wear. Um, one of the chains that they go like that. One of them chains. Whistle on the end. Just in case I see any trouble happening. Um, and then all these other like, little key rings for when I do get my, my keys. You know what I mean? How amazing is that? I mean, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't get much more powerful than that. You know what I mean? From where I've come from, that unemployment, the violence, the prisons, the institutions, to just this week, you know what I mean? Doing them things this week, the life of, a day in the life of Michael in, in, in AA, recovering in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know what I mean? This week, just doing them things and being in them uh, situations, it's just like AA has been the most amazing thing that has ever, ever happened to me in my life. You know what I mean? I tried everything to stop drinking. I tried doctors, I tried counsellors, I tried child psychiatrists for my behaviour. When it, That was way before I picked up a drink. I, I was gone. Um... I tried probation officers, I tried everything that, you know what I mean, my, my own willpower, because I didn't like being the person that, that I was. You know what I mean? I'd write letters to my family when I was in prison, and there'd be smudge marks in the ink of, like, where my tears of sincerity has been dripping on, on, onto the letters where I've been promising not to do these things again. Sorry for letting you all down. You know what I mean? Then promises that I sincerely meant from the bottom of my heart. You know what I mean? Yet when I get out, I'll be beating on the bar. How has this happened again? You know what I mean? And to repeat that cycle time and time again. I didn't know what I was dealing with. Why has AA worked for me? You know what I mean? Why has AA worked for me? Um, and what makes me an alcoholic? I mean, these things I didn't know. Doctors, I've seen good doctors, I've seen good counsellors, I've seen good professional people out there, but none of them ever said anything <clears throat> like what alcoholism was about, you know, it, it didn't seem to describe. Yet when I come to AA, it was put in a way that I'd never heard before. How the alcoholic we suffer from from an allergy. You know what I mean? That when I, whenever I have one drink, it'll set off something in me where where I've got to have another, another, and another. I can't go down the pub at lunchtime. Have a Point of lager with with me pub lunch or or whatever. Not not that I worked when I was drinking anyway. But, <laughs> but as soon as I have that one drink, I'll have to have another and another. It will set off this phenomenon of craving that that doesn't happen in normal people. Normal people can just take it or leave it. I couldn't. In in this obsession that you know what I mean, I was always thinking about drink of like. From when I was at school, saving the dinner money and, and, and working it all out, and you know what I mean, just obsessed by it. And um, and then, why has this worked for me? Hearing and reading stuff in, in AA meetings. The first meeting that AA meeting that I went to, it was for the first time in my life, I saw, I felt, and I believed that there was something there that was going to work for me. That these people, they talk my language. 
about these people, they understood me, they come where I come from. The stories that they told is not something that they've got out of books, you know what I mean? This is real life stuff in AA, and some of the stories was worse than mine, you know what I mean? And for the first time in my life, I believed that I wasn't special, I wasn't different. I was just like one of these people that was sat in that meeting. That If I'd done the same things, simple mathematics tells me that if I do what these people have done, I will get the same results. And uh, that's what I've done, you know what I mean? And that, then all the other things that I heard that I never heard before, that doctors, no one described it to me like that, that alcohol wasn't the problem, you know what I mean? Wasn't the problem with me. Alcohol was just a symptom of the bigger problem. The bigger problem that I'll suffer from is this thinking. This thinking that always leads me back to that first drink that sets off that cycle. Unlike a child who touches a hot stove, or like the jaywalker that's in, in, the, in their basic text, you know what I mean? Child touches hot stove, ain't going to touch it again, you know what I mean? But with me, no matter how bad my drinking got, the consequences, the prison sentences... I would keep going back to it. So uh, it was this thinking that had to change. That was one of the biggest things when I first come, come into AA that made me realise, I mean, I've never heard this before. And then I was given, so that was good news. Then the bad news was the only way that this was going to be um, sorted out was by something called a, a spiritual awakening. Now, by going through this 12-step program, it's promised to us in the 12th step that as a result of going through this program, we'll have a spiritual awakening. And um, I didn't have a clue what that, that meant. You know what I mean? That just sounded as though it's like I was being sat, sat down at the sundial, you know what I mean, with a sandwich board on, tambourines, and walking around, study, stood there. With microphones, giving it that. And uh, again, it was all made easy for me. It was described that this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual program. I don't have to believe in, in uh, I can believe in whatever I want to believe in. You know what I mean? Whether it's a power, like Nicky said, whether it's the power of the group, uh, the power of AA, and uh, that was it. And uh, I started to make a Started to go through this 12-step program. Uh, got a sponsor, and I was withdrawing for ages. It just seemed like forever and ever in the early days of recovery. And uh, yeah, I was I was doing the suggestions. I was phoning my sponsor every day, and I was feeling on top of the world. You know I mean? And uh, I would be phoning him day after day, and I had no sleep yet. No, I still hadn't had no sleep. Wayne, I said, but I'm feeling feeling brilliant. You know what I mean? For the first time in my life, I knew I was onto a winner. And, uh, like I say, I made a start in this 12 step program very, very quickly. My thinking began to change very, very early on in, in my recovery. I, I knew there was going to be a place for me in society again, or in society for the first time. Um, after three months, I, I started making my first step nines of this program. And, uh, my sponsor suggested I get a job. I thought, what's he punishing me for? I, I, I thought I was doing, I thought I was doing so well, you know what I mean? And he tells me to get a job, and uh, so I started working. And I think I used to work on the roads, and I remember I was working over at Salt Ash. It was I was down there, so shoveling out 
all this stuff. And this was like another one of them little milestones in me recovery. And uh, I looks out the O, I sees a police dog under with his dog. And then he was off duty, walking along. And he's looked down and clocked me in this O, and automatically I thinks, he must be thinking I'm stashing something down it. <laughs> I don't know why. I've jumped out this O and said, it's all right, it's all right. I've had a spiritual awakening as a result. <laughs> As a, re- as a result of uh, the 12 step program of Alcoics Anonymous. And then man, his dog's there like that. And uh, he said to me exactly what Dr. Siltworth said to, I think it was Bill W. in, in the big book. That police officer said to me, uh, My God, I don't know what it is that's, that's happened to you, but whatever it is, you best hold on to it because anything's better than the life that, that you did. That you was living, you know what I mean? And uh, I thought, ah, oh, fair play to you. And he went on to say, like, your your friends are still out there, you know what I mean? They're still doing the same thing, they're still in trouble. And, and that was like another one of them like little milestones in, in, in my recovery. And then going on from there, you know what I mean? After three months getting a job, staying in employment, um, uh, Meet, meeting a, a woman after two years, you know what I mean? Told to do the right things in recovery, do the right things around relationships, do the right things around work. You know I mean, always put your meetings first and everything will drop into place, you know. And that's what I've done, you know what I mean? I believed, I believed what my sponsor was telling me. I, I remember, like, all sponsors get it, you know what I mean? All the single tons phoning up. I'm never going to meet no one again. Nobody's going <laughs> to... Nobody's going to want to be with me. <laughs> I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm bald. Nobody's going to want me. And uh, I remember me, me sponsor saying to me, Ella, just keep doing what you're doing. He said, I can't wait to be at your wedding. And... Uh, a couple of years later, he was at my wedding, taking the photos, you know what I mean, of me and my wife. Um, amazing. Yeah. Going back to college and doing like a plumbing and heating course and now like got my own business. Um, getting a mortgage, you know what I mean? I ain't saying all these things to like look at me, you know what I mean, look what I've got and I'm good. I, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm tell, saying this to the newcomer, I'll come in here with nothing. I'll come in here... I was living at my mum and dad's. Uh, my possessions was in a couple of carrier bags. You know what I mean? This is why I'm, 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 I'm sharing this. You know what, what I have today. You know what I mean? Taking on this design for living, the design for life of that's offered to us in Alcoholics Anonymous is what has given me everything in my life today. You know what I mean? The birth of my two little girls. You know what I mean? Actually, little darlings, little daddy's girls. You know, they just it all means the world to me, you know what I mean? And it has all been given to me through, through AA and, and doing the right thing, working this 12-step program. Um, but I know if I stop doing these things, you know what I mean? If I stop doing the service that, that I'm doing, if I, if I stop attending my meetings and stop being honest with my sponsor and stop doing all these things, this spiritual awakening that, that I've had as a result of this 12-step program, if I stop doing these things, will get reversed, you know what I mean? And as quick as I can get these things in my life, I can lose them just as quick as well. You know what I mean? I know that. And I've seen it over the years. You know what I mean? People get in and you know, they come in and they get the job. 
They get the job, which now they're getting a bit of money in their pocket. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? Don't need to do all their meetings. I do a bit of overtime, get a bit more money in my pocket. You know, and then they're gone. Where, where's he gone? Well, they get the missus. Or, you know what I mean? They, they put that. Relation, they nick relationship. Be happy. Um, they get the missus. Oh, stay on with the missus tonight, innit? Watch his standards and all that. I didn't have to do, do the meetings and, you know what I mean? It's all a bit too strict now, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's all getting a bit on top. Where's he gone? Well, where's she gone? You don't see him again, you know what I mean? Some of them, some of them die, some of them come back in. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it. But all, all I can say is, going back to like what I've been up to this week, you know what I mean? AA, the profound change in my, my thinking, in my attitude that, that has come about through, through Alcoholics Anonymous has just been, cannot be described anything less than miraculous. I mean, I do feel I am the luckiest person alive today. Um, I've been given a second chance at life. Uh, I feel very privileged to have been able to experience them two different ways of life in one lifetime. You know what I mean? A lot of my friends are dead. There's a lot of my friends that's up there at my prison doing like 10 years, 12 years. You know what I mean? Life's gone. You know what I mean? That's... Uh, Big part of their life's gone. I know that would be me. I know that would be me if if I didn't find this here. And the newcomer again, you know what I mean? You're not special, you're not different. And uh if this is your your first meeting, you know I mean you've got a choice now. from this meeting you 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 have now got a choice if this is your first meeting. You know what I mean? You're now being told by a room full of people who have found a way out and found a solution to not only their drinking problem, but to their life problem also, that what's on offer in Alcoholics Anonymous and through this 12-step program will change your life. Now, this is really going to do your head in now. You can go back out that door and you can go back over that pub and you can go over there and you can drink and drink and drink until you get paralytic. You can go downtown, smash someone's head in, maybe kill them, or get in your car, drive home, have a crash and kill kill the other driver, or knock a kid down. You can't wake up tomorrow thinking, poor me, poor me, I didn't find a solution to my drinking. I was an alcoholic, because tonight you've been offered a solution. The next time you go out there and you smash your missus up, or smash your house up, you know what I mean? You can't wake up in the morning thinking, why have I done that? You know what I mean? Because tonight you've been offered a solution. Tonight you've been offered a defense against doing these things. You know what I mean? You cannot go out there and blame anybody or anything ever again. Because tonight there is a solution for you. Now, if you don't take that, that choice is yours. Tonight. If you do take that choice, all I can promise you is a life that is going to get incredibly much better day by day and the days turns into weeks the weeks turn into months and the months turn into years let's say 10 years sober now that's 120 months isn't it (laughs) don't know how many days that is but there's two types of people in AA no, there's three types of people in AA. Those who can count and those who can't count. 
So, I guess you all know what one, what type I am. But any any newcomers, like I said, you know what I mean. You can't tonight. You're being offered a solution, and this vastly more than a solution. It is a life. You know what I mean. Where you make you make lifelong friends. The promises out there will come true for you. You make lifelong friends. You'll be bound to them with new and wonderful ties. Um, life will take on a new meaning. You know what I mean? You'll be rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence. You, you lose your fear. You know, economic insecurity will leave us. All, all these promises that are they extravagant promises? We think not. They're being fulfilled among us every day. You know what I mean? For, for the people all around us. You know, hearing people like Nicky and Chris up here tonight. I've been sharing for 10 years. You know what I mean? Doing shares in, in front of, like, like I said, magistrates and all, all that. But to hear two shares like that tonight, you know what I mean? I can go around, I've been to meetings where I'm not slagging off other meetings or other people or whatever, you know what I mean? But other people 10, 15 years sober not share a message of recovery like Nick, Nicky and, and Chris has shared tonight. You know what I mean? And that's not, I'm not being detrimental to anybody else. I'm just telling you what Alcoholics Anonymous is supposed to be. Our primary purpose is to carry a message to the alcoholic that still suffers. There's no in-betweens, no if, buts, or maybe. That's what it's all about, you know what I mean? It's not, not about coming in here and telling, to, sharing anything other than how do we get well, you know what I mean? What do we need to do in order to recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body? And the answer is, is what, what, what they share tonight, you know what I mean? Sponsorship, a good sponsor. Another old guy that's gone through this 12-step program, you know what I mean? Um, that's, that's what all a sponsor is, you know? this 12-step program. You need to do this 12-step program. It's like going into a doctor's surgery. I was just coming to meetings, ain't going to get you well. You know? It's like going to a doctor's surgery. You're really, really ill, and then him giving you a prescription, but you're not taking it. You're just walking out the door, and the prescription's left on that table. You just come to meetings, and just keep coming to meetings, and keep going home, and keep coming to meetings. You ain't taking what you need to take for your medication. The medication in here is the 12-step program. And uh, we are very fortunate people. It talks about in the big book with Dr. Carl Jung, a really world-renowned, famous psychologist, um, psychiatrist. He's working with early members of, of AA and working with other alcoholics described as, as a hopeless variety, just, just like we are, you know what I mean? That, uh, these people, no matter how bad the life got, they couldn't stop drinking, you know what I mean? And Dr. Carl Young was working with these people and he knew that little nothing could be done. And, uh, one of the members that he was working with, who'd just come back from another relapse, he said, isn't there anything that can be done for me? And Dr. Carl Young said, there is, through, through the ages, from time to time, every now and again, I'll see an alcoholic of your type have what's known as a spiritual experience. Now, these things to the professional world and the uh, scientists and, and these type of people are phenomenal. You know what I mean? They're, they're inexplainable. They seem to come in, in, in the greatest of emotional like distress and turmoil, and then all of a sudden, boom, their thinking change. They 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 have a different way of thought and attitude, and they go about life, and they never drink again. But to end these things is phenomenal. You know what I mean? They can't be described. 
don't know how to get one. Yet when we walk through these doors, these things that are phenomenal to the, to the scientific and, and the medical profession are being offered to every single one of one of us that walks through these doors of, of AA. You know what I mean? And uh, I always thought things like that, you know, it's like the miracles of like seeing like the Jesus program, the films at Christmas times and all that. What a load of crap. I mean, how can you turn, what is it, milk into wine or water into wine? I ain't good at all that stuff. But, you know, all that stuff. Yet I know that there is something out there because something is done for me what I could not do for myself. You know what I mean? And uh, my best thinking got me to AA. My best thinking got me sent to prisons and institutions. My best thing, I was programmed to self-destruct. You know what I mean? But when I took on the thinking of another alcoholic, the teachings and practices of this 12-step program, life has taken on a new meaning. And it's on offer to anybody. And thanks for listening. Good evening, everyone. My name's Gail. I'm an alcoholic. That is still a long walk for me from there. And I'm not doing any Darren actions until they put this on video. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, welcome to anyone who's visiting tonight. And a special welcome to anyone who's new in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous tonight, especially Road to Recovery, if you're struggling or if you're returning. Um, because I, I had the privilege on, on Tuesday of celebrating my 10th happy sober birthday. And I walked in these rooms new and afraid and wondering, you know, what I was doing, how I could change, what would be here for me, was it the right place? And I can assure you that if you are an alcoholic of the type that's been described tonight by the three speakers, an alcoholic of the type that I am, and as is described in the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous, recovery is guaranteed. There are promises in that book, and they come true. And that is why I can tell you with absolute authority that, you know, it's worked for me a day at a time. And the years don't matter, it's just the fact that it is a day at a time. I couldn't imagine being sober for any length of time, but it has worked and it's guaranteed. And, and that, those promises are here for you. And, uh, you know, I'll get the Oscar bit over. I'd, I'd like to make thanks to people who really, really are important and, and have been in my life and brought me to this point. And my list is going to be slightly different from Neil's. And, uh, Nick, you don't, you're not in the first three either. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, Firstly, um, and to me most importantly, I'd like to thank Mary, my sponsor, um, because when I asked Mary to sponsor me, I effectively asked her to save my life. And I don't even know if I, I realized that or acknowledged that at the time, but I just knew I had seen someone who behaved differently from me, acted differently from me, and I wanted what she'd got without even knowing that phrase. And... Um, I had a couple of weeks of, of dry time, and I used the word advisedly. I was dry. I hadn't found any sort of sobriety. I was still as mad as a hen and, uh, you know, absolutely nuts. But I'd seen this woman. I'd heard her share, and I asked her if I could have a phone number, and she said no, and that was my very first resentment that I was aware of because at the time I was in a treatment facility, and she realized that there, there could well be a conflict of interest. But when I came back, you know, come to the meeting, and she would give me the phone number, we'd go from there. And um, 
I did find her and I did ask her and it was the single most important thing I'd ever done because I have never ever asked a human being to help me before. I am absolute self-will run riot. And Mary shares this herself, you know, I have not got an obedient bone in my body, just ask my husband. But as far as my sponsor is concerned, she would tell a very different story because I have deferred absolutely to what my sponsor has asked me to do. I have become sponsorable for the first time in my life and I continue to do those things today that I was asked to do on day one simply because I see her doing it, I see the old timers doing it and it's worked. I have changed a day at a time by doing something differently and that was following the guidance and advice of someone who's gone through the 12-step program as it's laid out in the basic text. And, you know, I, I continue to be in awe of her and although we have a very close and loving relationship now, I am never her equal. There are times when we have great fun, great love, etc. But there's always that bit of a gap where if she needs to save my life by telling me what I am doing that will harm me or harm others, she will tell me. And believe me, she's the only person I will listen to. And I didn't come in agreeing that that's what I'd sign up to. It's just a fact that she is one person who can tell me. And it's the first adult relationship I'd ever had. I had parents in my life, I had family who genuinely loved me and they couldn't reach me because alcohol reached me first. I have that degree of thinking which will always put a twist on it, which will always tell me that you're wrong. You're wrong and I'm right, but not with my sponsor. And provided I keep that and what I've learnt here in Alcoholics Anonymous in these rooms at the front of my life, then I can continue this life. And I'm dressed like this tonight for the newcomer and for the people who will never, ever make it, those who have gone insane, those who've died, and out of respect for my home group, because I see others come in and they dress up. I never used to do that. I didn't care what you thought. I didn't care what you looked like. You know, I, I fitted in or I didn't fit in. It really didn't matter. But it matters today. The way I've learned to behave today matters, and so I dress up. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud to be part of this home group. And I'd like to thank my husband, Neil, because Neil, um, we came sort of back to Plymouth together, really, and um, tr you have to trust me on this, that two people without sponsors are, are not, a good, not a good place to be in. And um, Neil actually came to a meeting. He, he heard someone share, and uh, he talked to the person at the end of that night, and uh, they said, well, you know, I, I go to the road to recovery. Come along. And Neil did. And up to that point, um, although I loved him very much, I, I love him far more now. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, nobody can predict where it's going to go. I hadn't changed. I don't know about Neil, but I hadn't changed. And I couldn't do relationships, and I couldn't do people, and I couldn't do anything very well. And Neil came to uh, this meeting, and he came home that night, and he had a grey card in his hand, and he got out a piece of paper, and he got out his big book, which I'd never seen before, and he got on his knees and he prayed. And I was impressed because that guy, the next morning, was different. He was a different person. And I'm very competitive. It doesn't work well in his triathlons and weight, weightlifting, but I am very competitive. And, um, and, and I, I saw him re reading this card and I said, what's that? And he said, what's what? I said, that. <laughs> and he said, it's a little grey card. I said, what's on it? And he said, writing. 
because it was still difficult at that stage. And then um, I said, what are you writing? He said, joined up. <laughs> so I said, what are you reading? And he said, the big book. He said, you've got one. And whether he was trying to hook me or not, I don't know, but it did. And uh, he kept the card in the bedside table. So, of course, when he went out. And I looked at it, and there were all these words, just for today. And a series of just for today actions, which I didn't know at the time were actions. And he came back in, and I said, I want one. <laughs> and he said, well, if you come to the meeting, you get one. I said, can you get me one? He said, no, get your own. <laughs> so... That Sunday, I um, took him to this meeting and I saw him swallowed up in a group of people. And I thought, I'm not going there. And because I hadn't changed, I hadn't got any sort of program. I was still insane from, from the effects of the alcohol over 30 years. And um, he came home and he was changed again. He was happier and people were phoning him. And on Tuesday night, I was in. And that's where I saw Mary. And that's why I believe, you know, for me, that this, this program is, is, is powered and driven by my, my higher powers, I understand. And although it is a spiritual program, not a religious program, that is God. God brought me here because I was looking for Mary and I found her. And uh, the other person I would like to thank is Wayne for having the courage and the vision to start this home group with the, with the other old-timers who have become involved in it, in starting it, because it was here when I needed it. And I was wandering around Plymouth thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I don't know what I've got to do to stay sober, but I knew I had to stay sober. My home was in chaos. My children, my eldest daughter particularly, hated me. She told me she hated me, and I knew it was true. I destroyed the lives of people I genuinely, genuinely loved, and I'd continued to do that for 30 years without, without ceasing. I just could not stop myself, and I had no idea that this was a living problem to me. It, it was about booze. And I came in here, and the, the group that had been set up was set up by the traditions, by the steps, by the concept, by the book. And it was about structure, and it was about discipline, and it was about everything that wasn't in my life. And when I came in and I got a sponsor, and I was asked if I was prepared to go to any lengths, and I said yes, I was given responsibility, responsibility for doing suggestions, responsibility for turning up to my home group, responsibility for service, responsibility for the first time in life for me, and actually responsibility for phoning my, my sponsor every night, because she said that relationship would be what I made it, what I put into it, and I never put anything into any relationship ever, but it's the first time I did. And having done those things, things have changed for me. And then I went home and I did the things that I've just outlined. I got on my knees and I thanked my higher power, whatever that was. For me, it is God for having had a sober day because it was the first happy sober day I'd had ever. I mean, the, the thought of sobriety, the thought of not drinking absolutely terrified me because I had drunk all that time. I picked up alcohol as a teenager and I was off with it, off and running. A light went on in my head and I didn't know until I came into to AA that I have the sort of character where I don't know if I'm thinking about drinking first or drinking then thinking, it really doesn't matter. But at some point in any given day, I was going to pick up alcohol. And in the end, I was worse without it. 
I'd come to that jumping off point where I couldn't live with it and I couldn't live without it. It was absolutely terrible. I would go to bed at night and pray for the end. I would pray that I wouldn't wake up, I wouldn't wake up in the morning and I didn't want to be like that because I adored my daughters. And I had no way of knowing that for me I have a craving. I have a craving which, which is allergy based. When I pick up alcohol and have one, I set up something that I just cannot control. And that's as true today as it was 10 years ago. I, I will never have this licked. I will never have this beaten. I lost the power of choice. What Alcoholics Anonymous has given me is choices back. I can now make choices because I'm not drinking. And it would mean that if it was just a booze problem, as Clancy says, you know, when I put the booze down, I'd feel better. And, and for some reason, for me, I never did. Right from the word go. Right from the word go. I had consequences immediately, as those of you who know me will know. You know, with my father, I was, I was sick over him, and I was telling him that I hadn't taken the gin from the cupboard. And goodness knows there wasn't a lot of booze there, you know. But I lived my life on the on the fringe of people, was apparently being in the middle of people. I never succeeded in anything. Once I, I took up alcohol, I was fairly good at athletics, and like Amanda, you know, I, I had a natural aptitude in my case, um, for sport, athletics, but as soon as I had to work at it, I didn't bother. You know, anything that you ask me to work out, too much bother now, I won't do that, forget it. Um, and booze, booze, I thought, lit up my life. I thought it made me the person I am, and, and it did, and it was horrible, because it's, it's exactly as it says in the Just for Today, as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. And I was never, never great, ever grateful, so it made sense to me when I was asked to write a gratitude list which came in with the suggestions that I wrote a gratitude list, things I'm grateful for, and on that is always that I'm grateful to be alive because I do not deserve to be here. I work every day to earn the right to be here by carrying on with the suggestions, but I, I didn't get here by my own volition. I should have been dead. And I was asked to pray again in the morning, to pray for a sober day to whatever I believed in, to read the Just for Today card, to study it, to do something from it, to put in action, because this is an action program. And as I said, I was never active. And to read the basic text, you know, at first I couldn't make much sense of it because my head was really, really gone. And so it was just, you know, a few lines, reread it, a few lines more, and gradually it became, you know, a few pages, chapter, which I still do today, to get a home group. And if you're new tonight, this is a wonderful home group. And I am biased, it is the best one in the world. And it has a very, very strong fellowship. And more importantly, it has safety for the newcomer. You can rely absolutely on what you're told here. And I needed to know that because when I came in, I didn't know anything. And, and I was in trouble. And here, you know, there are any number of people who, who can sponsor you. And when you get a sponsor, become sponsorable, I would suggest. And if you don't know who's safe, if you don't know who's an old-timer, Ask Alison, the secretary. Otherwise, ask someone you hear tonight from the floor. And I was asked to get to my home group early, help set up, become part of it. Because if I was on the fringes, I would always stay on the fringes, and that's how I lived my life. I lived my life on the, on the fringes of my family, and I lived my life in the beginning on the fringes of other meetings. Here, I was thrown in because, as I said, with responsibility and choices came action, and I was expected to do service well. And it became a pride thing then. A, I wanted to do it better than Neil. And also, I didn't want to let my sponsor down. And also, I didn't want to let my home group down because I became accountable, just as I have in the workplace now. 
And as, as a result of doing these things, you know, it says in the basic text, rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. I've thrown myself in as I've seen the old timers do, as I've seen the people whose recovery I want, you know, I want to emulate. I've done those things simply because they have worked for me. And I wanted it to work. I wanted to be different. I wanted to be able to make amends to my mother. You know, and Dan mentioned step four and five. You know, when I did step four and the three columns in the last column, never mind the resentments and what had happened and, and why I hated all these people, it was my accountability, my defects of character, my self-will, my self-pity, my arrogance, my pride, which is why on Tuesday when I had the gift of, of 10 years sobriety, God made sure it was April 1st, April Fool's Day. <laughs> And every year, you know, when I am lucky enough to reach that April the 1st, I wryly just laugh and think it's April Fool's Day. And I know that I'm kept right-sized because I need to be right-sized. Because if I stop doing this, if I stop being at the centre of my home group, helping in any way I can, then I will lose this. And I can't, I can't bear the thought of losing this because I have never had a group of people before whom I trust so much. I have never had a place where I want to be so much. And when I heard people, you know, like my sponsor and Wayne in the beginning saying, I wouldn't be anywhere else on a Friday night, and I thought, God, you need a life. <laughs> and I've realized this is my life. This is life because through this, I have got everything. You know, my sponsor has helped me to grow. I've learned painful lessons in recovery simply because I cause myself pain. I have this arrogance. I have this pride. I have this self-will. But I always try to learn. And I have never, ever disagreed or argued with my sponsor. She is the one person I will not argue with simply because if I start arguing and thinking I know better, I will lose this. And there have been times when I have just gone quiet because every bit of me is screaming to say something back. But at the end of it, she knows better. I asked her to save my life. And if I continue to do this, I can continue to have this wonderful life. You know, I am. I'm, I'm happily married to Neil. I love him so much, and I love him more than I could ever imagine possible. And I know Wayne says you have to be careful what you say because this is on tape and it will be really weird if it all goes wrong after but um, <laughs> but I have no reason to believe that it will simply because I'm sponsored I'm, I'm only married because I'm sponsored and I can't promise anyone who's not married here that you will get married but for me because I've learned to behave differently because I've learned to follow direction because I've learned about obedience to spiritual principles as, a, as the result of the 12-step program, the spiritual awakening, I have changed and I can look at my part in things. And that's as true for work. And when an old-timer says something to me or asks me something or a newcomer needs help, that is how I live my life. And it is pivotal because if I get out of bed and do not get onto my knees, first thing, then I'm saying I know better and I don't know better than anybody I know better than anybody that if I stop doing these things, the reality is that my thinking will change back. I can only do this. I only have a daily reprieve as long as I do these things. And I know I, I am so lucky today. My mother 
came down to live with us, I, I was able to make amends to her. Someone who I treated so shabbily, you know, like other people, if they upset me or annoyed me, they were just out of my life, and she was out of mine for two years. And I had the opportunity to make amends to her. My eldest daughter, who hated me, um, she has a, a beautiful daughter and a beautiful son, and she trusts me with them today. And I am, I am so privileged to, to be able to be part of their lives. Um, the younger daughter, my younger daughter, Claire, you know, I made amends to her so well, she moved in with us. And we need to sort that out. Um, I'm not quite sure. I haven't talked to my sponsor about how we get around that one and unamends. But uh, so all, all these simple things that I've been taught to do, things that are totally against my nature, going back to the fact that I do not have an obedient bone in my body, except where this is concerned, I've been able to take that out into the workplace. And I, w- I would like to stress that I'm saying this with all humility because this is God-given to me as it has been to everyone here who's, who's done this program, the 12 Steps, and as in recovery because I know that of myself I am nothing. I absolutely know that today. And I work very hard to be humble because, again, that's not my nature either. But I've, I've seen people I genuinely admire, you know, who haven't gone down as far as me in the drinking stakes, but are way ahead of me in the spiritual stakes. You know, John F.C., I mean, he didn't drink for as long as me, and I think he describes himself as a panty waste or something like that. I think it's panty waste. And, um, waste panties, yeah. And, um, and, and so I know the people's experience here, you know, they haven't had to come from the same place as me. So it means that if you are, you or struggling, you don't have to have drunk for 30 years like me. You don't have to get to that awful spiritual black hole where there is nothing in life, where you just can't see where the next day is going to come to, but the light goes on in your head and it says drink. And you know, despite yourself, you're going to pick up that drink as I did and you're going to destroy not only that day, but the people around you who genuinely love you because that was my experience and I hated myself. And today, I don't hate myself. You know, I, I understand happy sobriety. I know how I got here. And a counsellor once said to me, what do you want, Gail? And I said, I want to be happy. And they said, well, what's happiness? And I couldn't answer. Today, happiness is about taking little actions, about things that are infinitely easier. This is the easier, simpler option than, than drinking for me. That was hard work. And I had no idea how hard it was and how I wrestled with it until I came in here and found another way to live. And I have enormous gratitude, an outpouring of gratitude for, for the life I've been given. And, you know, if, if there is anyone new, if there is anyone struggling, this is a promise that you can have this tonight. By working through these steps, like Nick, when I came in, I knew I knew at depth I was defeated. I knew I was beaten, and I knew I needed to do something else. God, to me at that time, was a punishing God because I I bargained with him. I railed at him when he didn't give me what I wanted, but I recognized when my sponsor said that that was the rest of the world too. Nobody in this world could fulfill my needs. And that's another reason why, you know, I've stayed married, really, because I, I accept that Neil can't actually fulfill all my needs, although I feel he should, you know, so sponsorship's good. But the thing is that it applies to all... The, oh, just a minute. 
It applies to all areas of my life where I think I know best, where I think I know best, I take guidance. I take guidance. And so I know for you, this can be the same. You can have the same, same results. And, you know, when, when I have the privilege of standing in front of my peers here and people I genuinely admire, people I genuinely aspire to be, to be like, I, I, I do, I, I feel myself, thank you, Alison, I feel myself the luckiest person in the world because I can do this week after week after week. You know, I can, I can get happy, I can change, I have choices in whether I ruin a day or I have a good day and I see people around me who, outside of Alcoholics Anonymous, who can never change. They're unhappy, they're like me, but they're not alcoholics, so they can never give up alcohol. They can never know about the 12-step program because it won't mean anything to them. It didn't mean anything to my mum. She didn't understand why half a glass of sherry wasn't enough for me, and I couldn't explain it to her. I don't think I can still do that to this day. But if, if you are like me, if you are like the people in this room, your, your recovery is guaranteed. Those promises are absolutely written in crystal in the basic text of Alcoholics Anonymous, and they're there for you tonight, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.